So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. In these days of political strife, division, and anger, isn't a little tuba trolling exactly what we all need? Tubists mocking Nazis as they march along in Boston. All right, you can turn it off now. Uh, kudos to Boston for setting it up and policing it so people weren't getting their heads smashed in. And, and, and young women weren't dying and the rest of it. They did it right. Uh, it remains to be seen whether... Northern California will be more a Charlottesville or a Boston. I suspect the coppers get their way. It'll be much more like Boston. Uh, oh, we have a winner of the music trivia contest. I'll announce that in a moment or two. Um, I'm talking about this town in Germany uh, where uh, the Nazis like to march all the time. and uh, So they've, they've done a couple of things um, to discourage it or just kind of neutralize it. Yeah, you just kind of counterbalance it. They make it a fun, silly party. And there's great mockery along the route of the march. Um, they shower the marchers with rainbow, rainbow confetti at the end. It's a fundraiser for anti-Nazi causes. Um, in particular, a program that helps uh, people leave right-wing extremist groups. Uh, oh, to that end, uh, Vince, do you have that little piece of tape I asked for of the gent talking on Face the Nation yesterday about... Uh, He's, this guy's a former neo-Nazi, uh, U.S. style, um, talking about um, why people join those organizations. Ideology is not the driver for radicalization. It's a search for identity, community, and purpose, a broken one. And if, it's, if there's a brokenness underneath that person, they tend to search for those in really negative pathways. And I thought that was interesting because we've been talking about that. Jack often says, why the hell would somebody join ISA? And it's identity... Uh, Community and purpose. Who am I? Am I among other people um, who who were brothers, were sisters, and 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 why are we alive? What are we doing? It gives them all of those things, and not only a purpose like I'd like to be a successful insurance broker, which is a fine purpose. I would like to be a good dad, etc., or whatever. Um, but I'm going to change history. I'm going to change the world in favor of Allah or the white race or whatever. It gives people a lot of purpose. So. Um, I thought that was a really good, succinct answer for why a lot of people get into extremist ideologies. Uh, but the other thing about this town in Germany 
is uh, following the violence in Charlottesville, it's come back into the news. Experts in nonviolent protests say it could serve as a model for Americans alarmed by the resurgent white supremacist movement who are looking for an effective way to respond um, and who might otherwise be tempted to meet violence with violence. Of course, since this is from the main, the lamestream media, they don't mention that um, there is ser- Oh, it's from the New York Times. I should have guessed um, that that violence from the left is causing serious problems and, and forcing people to sympathize with the crazy right wingers in ways that they normally wouldn't. Um, but uh, Maria Stefan, program director at the United States Institute of Peace, says, uh, I want to punch a Nazi in the nose, too. But there's a difference between a therapeutic and a strategic response. The problem, she said, is that violence is simply bad strategy. Violence directed at white nationalists only fuels their narrative of victimhood, of a hounded, soon-to-be minority who can't exercise the right to free speech without getting pummeled, which is uh, frequently true. It also probably helps them recruit, and more broadly, if violence against minorities is what you find repugnant in neo-Nazi rhetoric, then you're using the very force you're trying to overcome, says uh, Michael Nagler, who kicks around at the University of California in Berkeley. Most important, violence is just not as effective as nonviolence. Um, and they mentioned a landmark 2011 book, Why Civil Resistance Works. They examine how struggles are won. They found that in over 320 conflicts in the 20th century, stretching into 2006, nonviolent resistance was more than twice as effective as violent resistance in achieving change, and nonviolent struggles were, resu- were resolved rather much sooner than violent ones. Anyway, so you combine that with the fact that the Antifa scumbags are avowed, openly avowed, anarchist communists. And they're in favor of violence. Nobody should support them. Nobody. I'm looking at you, idiot mayor of Berkeley and others. All right. So that's enough of that. Moving, Michael, how about a little transition music? Do we have that uh, handy? When we move from one thing to another in a way that you might found jar- find jarring, we try to ease that transition. You can't even remember what we were talking about. Might have been Nazis. Might have been the eclipse. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Live report from Jack in the zone of totality coming up in just a couple of minutes. Right now, though, we must turn to Positive Sean for the 32nd Game of Thrones review. Hit it. Season 7, Episode 6, the penultimate episode of this season, Beyond the Wall. Jon Snow joined by Tormund Giantsbane, Beric Dondarrion, Gregor Clegane, and Thoros of Mir continue their journey north of the Wall, protecting the realm from the dangers of the land of always winter. Their quest? To bring back proof of an actual ice zombie to convince others to join their cause. Jump cut back to Winterfell, where the backstabbing and politicking of the realm is back on full display with the seeds of untrust being sown between the two Stark sisters. Littlefinger continues his... Oh, co- God, it felt like it was an hour. God, it was... Michael, ju- are you keeping an eye on the clock in there? Oh, yeah. God, that was awful. But did you say ice zombies? Yeah, ice zombies. Uh, there's uh, there, was a, there was a great ice zombie battle in this one. Uh, yet another... Example. Were, they battling, were all the ice zombies battling each other? Or no, were they, they were battling humans. They were battling the man, the uh, men, the humans. I'm rooting for the humans. As as am I. The breathing side of the battle. That's that's the one to be on. But yeah, what, it's uh, another example of this show just flexing its budget in in ways that other shows cannot do. Uh, and uh, it, it was it was a a huge uh, production, much CGI. Don't want to give too many things away. Spoilery, sure. but right. Uh, uh, what was that? What was that list of names? 
Uh, well, you had uh, Tormund Giants Bane. Yeah, see, I wish that was my name. <laughs> you have. Can I change it? What does it cost to change your name? It certainly depends where you live. I guess. Certainly a bargain if you get Tormund it changed. Tormund Giants Bane. Barrack Dundarian. Or maybe because I'm used to people calling me Joe. I'll go with Joe Giants Bane. Gregor Clegane and Thoros of Mir are just uh, some of my favorite names from the series, and they all happen to be in the same kind of uh, ragtag group of people. I'm no giant sympathizer. I don't know if I'm a giant's bane, per se. All right, well, that's, that's What about that zombie dragon, Sean? Oh, see, see, spoilers, man. Oh, really? I mean, that's. I mean, for people who watched the show, that was it was not a surprise, but it was it was the first time it was actually seen in this, where the... Dragons were brought in to help with the ice zombie battles, and one of them was slain. For or against? Uh, they are against. It is the they are the fire They're balancing anti- out the ice. Anti zombie. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Which results in water, right? Yes, and we all need water to live. Right. All right. <laughs> and well the, said. The Night King played a huge part. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Okay, Vincent just reading like the spoiler recaps and throwing out terms is not helping. Wow. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. You're such a troll. I'm representing the 99.5% of people who don't watch the show. I don't know. I've kind of become a fan in, in absentia. <laughs> I might Netflix it. Oh, I had such a productive weekend. I actually got our, our our Netflix working on the tube. It wasn't for reasons that were mystifying. Then figured out why our solar system sucked and wasn't giving us enough power at our new place. It was mostly because it was filthy. Oh. Yeah, and so I was able to watch the panels and thought, oh, my God, I thought they were gray. No, there's, oh, my God. And so we, I think we're going to, like, quintuple the amount of electricity we're producing. Literally quintupled. Um, so I, I hope that's true. And if you have old panels and you haven't washed them, wash them. And then fixed, I fixed our garage door opener, which was messed up. Look at you, overachiever. I know. And uh, let me tell you about fixing the garage door. So uh, it was making weird noises, and then it wouldn't work at all. And I went and looked at our other garage door opener, and I said, hmm, that one appears to have, like, one more part than that one does. And Judy said it was a bolt. It was missing a bolt and a nut. It had come apart somehow. And so Judy said, wait a minute. There was a bolt on the floor. She grabs it. And she says, wait a minute. There's the nut. And she grabs the nut. And then I went and got the step stool. And I said, I'm going to go get some crescent wrenches. You get started if you want. So when I got back with the crescent wrenches, she'd already fixed it. And we just had to tighten it. So when I say I fixed it, I told my wife what to do. Well, you supervised she it. She found the parts and put them in there. But I was really the brains of the outfit. You're pointing at things. Without I was pointing at the right things at the right times, Vince. Which is, you know what they call that? Do you know? Leadership. Foreman. That's, that's right. I was the foreman. So I made one and a half times as much as she did. Because <laughs> she's doing all the work. And that is the way of the world. Because winners and those losers, and I'm the winner. Without the experience of said foreman. Well, right. She might have just been walking around in circles with a nut and bolt in her hand. You had the clipboard. You were in the construction hat. I was pointing. I was barking orders. I was wielding the stop slow sign. (laughs) The point is, the garage door is opening like never before. It was a big weekend. Very manly. Hey, uh, speaking of men, uh, Jack is, I believe, in the swath of totality, the old SOT. We'll talk to him in moments on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. Glad you're here. Here I am working, as always, nose to the grindstone. Hand on the rudder, guiding the ship of the show toward the distant shore while Jack is out amusing himself in the zone of totality chasing the eclipse. Jack is indeed part of the largest mass migration to see a natural event in human history. How about that? Did you make that up, or is that a uh, no? That's true. Something people are saying. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Hmm. I yeah. can believe it. Here's a, um, here's another little figure for you. The eclipse will speed across the country at one thousand six hundred and fifty one miles per hour. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I I did see somewhere that it only lasts what two hours for the whole country. So that's pretty. That's pretty. You know, an hour thirty three minutes and sixteen point eight seconds. As a matter of fact. Okay, that's, and, yeah, that's that's cruising. And it's kind of funny that the eclipse moves west to east since the sun is going in the other direction, but it's the sun and the moon moving in opposite directions, and it's making a shadow and zoom right across the country. God's plan, Joe. It's God's plan. Hey, are you um, anti-God? No. Part of God's plan was for Jerry Lewis to miss the eclipse. Why? <laughs> because of his recent Why? controversial statements, perhaps. Um, so about 10 miles from the zone of totality, traffic got uh, pretty heavy. So, um, and that was the first time I tapped my brakes. Um, and uh, so I have taken off on an adventure on uh, county roads, just kind of heading roughly west and or east and south mm. and meandering and hoping that I end up, uh, and uh, I'm not in traffic and I'm driving through lovely rural Oregon and it's uh, beautiful and small towny like I like. So we're fine. So are you in the, uh, the SOT at this point? I prefer sloth um, to zone just for the record. <laughs> Well, that's that's part of the problem is that like there's no there's no nobody took the time to use a giant orange spray paint, you know, and put a line where you cross. So because um, there are several towns all across America that are huge destinations, but that's the last thing I want. That's where the traffic, I think, and mayhem is going to be crazy. Well, I'm, I'm so, clutching uh, in my hand this article about uh, gas shortages and traffic jams and will there be enough toilets and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't encountered anything like that, but I'm not at one of the big festivals. I mean, there are festivals around here where they're expecting a hundred thousand people, you know, in in a, in a town of that's usually a couple of thousand people. That I'm sure it'd be pretty pretty crazy there, but that's not what we're doing. We're just gonna be on a county road in the middle of nowhere, hopefully, mm-hmm. and watch it get dark and then drive back. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna seek out any other human beings at all to to be amongst not, them, or not you... planning it? Yeah, okay. I think that would I think that would be cool. I can understand why that would be cool, but I'm not willing to put up with the traffic and headache of it. Right. Okay. Well, it, it could be you'll you'll run into 50 people on a hillside in some little town. Could be. That could be fun. There's a piece from the Seattle Times talking about um, these folks who run a um, some sort of place, a campground or something, um, in in Madras, Oregon, and they had 500 portable toilets lined up. And the uh, company renting them to them quadrupled the price in February. Um, so toilet gouging is evidently a thing. <laughs> Porta potty profiteering. So I know I'm pulled over because I was told I asked about the uh, the hands free law, and our Oregon listeners know. And I've been listening to uh, to you oh, slash excellent. us on the uh, on the mighty KEX in Portland. Fabulous. But, um, I'm also wondering at what point I lose cell phone service because, well, this might be another one of those things that's hyped and is not going to happen, but they're claiming so many people are going to be on their cell phones at once that they're all going to go, you know, stop working. Right. Well, nobody in history has ever tuned in to hear everything's okay, so I have a feeling it's hype. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I don't know what we do about that as a society. We'd be better off if there were media outlets that would, outlets that would say, you know, frankly, it's busy, but not that busy. Nothing outside of what you've ever seen before. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, everything's more or less fine. I mean, I realize those stations don't get ratings, but that's the information I would like about anything. Right. Well, I, you know, that's what we try to do, and, and, and we do get ratings. So I don't sure. know. And so there's, there's some hunger for it, at, at least a little bit. Did you know that, uh, according to Space.com, some Asian cultures believe children born during an eclipse will turn into mice? <laughs> it's hard to, <laughs> speaking China. of god's plan it's hard to figure out what would be going on there well but uh and you you have been tweeting pictures of mouse traps and mouse carnage it's terrible uh, what was i going to say oh oh so i was asking the, the rental car person and as i said the people the good people of oregon know this but i said what's the what's your your current regulations laws on the whole cell phone thing and they said you do not want to get a d-u-i-e-d which is a driving under the influence of an electronic device, which is more expensive than a DUI. No, it's not. From Booth. No. what I was told. What? Uh, that, I think that would make perfectly good sense. As I've said many times, somebody staring at their phone is more dangerous than somebody who blows a .08. Because the person blowing a .08 quite possibly is at least looking at the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. You know, in India, they believe any food cooked during an eclipse is impure or worse, poisonous. <laughs> So caref- turned into a mouse. Careful with that. Um, yeah. Well, if your child is born, yeah, and if you're a woman in labor, just you know, just you know, cross your legs until the eclipse is over. And hey, fun- Sam, how are things back there? Yeah, all good. Things are-, are in the back of our 15-passenger van. Broadcast reports say that things are good. He's clear the back. He's four rows back in this incredibly long bus that I'm driving with just the two of us. <laughs> That's Did he make so you put on a chauffeur hat as well? <laughs> That's funny. We got to the we got to the hotel uh, yesterday morning, and he said, "This place is so fancy. I feel like I should have to wear some sort of slippers to walk around." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I tell you, you're a fool. You got to pick up would be eclipse eclipse watchers, and 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 let them watch the eclipse, and then say, "All right, let's go back to Portland. Drop them in Salem, and then just take <laughs> off." I could also claim I'm some sort of expert and just start spouting nonsense. Well, tell them that the... temperature, of course, is the temperature will rise 47 degrees (laughs) at the moment of totality. The temperature of the sun is 110 degrees. (laughs) The sun is 40 miles from Earth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Batamaliba people of Togo and Benin uh, believe an eclipse happens because the sun and moon are fighting each other. In order to get the sun back, people on Earth are advised to settle their differences and make peace during the now, eclipse. I was under I was under that impression. Is that no longer the current thinking? No, that's correct. The sun and moon are fighting each other. Okay. Gotcha. And if the moon wins, we'll all die. <laughs> so are uh, you going to check in when it starts getting dark or what? Because that's going to be like nine what? Nine. I can't even remember. Well, I got to tell you, uh, here's something that I've been trying to ignore. Because it kind of, well, it, once you accept this, things get very un, un, uh, unpleasant. I've been trying to ignore this. Uh-oh. It is overcast. Oh, boy. And I've been just uh, assuming and hoping that it is going to clear off. But if it does not clear off, I mean, right now, uh, I assume there's a sun out there somewhere, but I have no idea where it would be. Well, uh, let's hope it burns off in the next hour or so. I mean, it, yeah. it may, the overcast. Light a yeah, fire, Jack. Wave so. some torches. You got any fireworks? 
That would be the suckiest thing of all, actually, is we just stand and watch a cloudy day get slightly cloudy. <laughs> get, it looks like a cloudy night, son. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> now it looks and like a we'll cloudy morning, and now it's a cloudy day again. <laughs> let's go back home. Wow. Well, um, yeah. let's see. I'm hang on. I'm checking out the uh, the forecast for where you are real quickly here. Using uh, the uh, the Armstrong and Getty Weather Center, mostly sunny. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty cloudy though. Do you see how cloudy it is, Sam? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Same. got it clearing off right around ten. Oh, that's Kiz- exciting. Kismet. Sam is super tired. He was up late watching movies on the DVD player, and then I got him up at the unholy hour of five thirty, which is he's not used to. So he's quite sleepy. Yeah, boy. All right. I'll just keep promising the wonders of the eclipse, and uh, <laughs> then I hope it doesn't turn out like the supermoon, which <laughs> yeah. he has only brought up a hundred times. Uh, then he can uh, <laughs> slumber on the way back to the uh, the airport, and and then when we'll see you tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I'm the, the the trip back to the airport is the only part I'm actually concerned about. About if 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 a million people are jetting back to Portland to get on planes, they are. Uh, that could be pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that, and uh, stay in touch. We'll talk to you in about what an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. Bye. All right. In the old swath of totality. Indeed. Uh, we're Indeed. in the swath of freaking nothing here in this. We, we've even got butcher paper, or, or what's that called? Packing paper? Butching paper? It looks, butcher like, paper. It looks like butcher paper. Yeah, I over, mean, the, over the windows yeah. to keep the sun from blinding us yes. on, you know, normal days in here. But again, we're, uh, you know what? Somebody's got to be uh, below decks running the ship while uh, the other sailors are up there watching the... The night sky unfold or something. They ought to be looking for oil tankers, but uh, probably a poor metaphor on this tragic day. Marshall Phillips uh, joins us for a quick look at the news headlines. What do you have coming up, Marshall? Well, we got the president ready to announce whether or not more American troops are going to stay in Afghanistan. The Secret Service, it turns out, is running out of money protecting Trump and his family and the hidden costs of the solar eclipse. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Guinea. Plus, you got all those children born turning into mice. Which is really a human tragedy, if you think about it. How disappointing for the parents. Been anticipating, hoping for right. months, maybe years, right. the birth of their child. Child turns into a rodent just because of the eclipse. <laughs> that just sucks. All right, uh, news next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, how you doing? It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Happy Monday. Happy Eclipse Day. I'll tell you this. I, I am kind of bummed I'm not going to be uh, witnessing the thing in person. Right. And in fact, I got laughed out of a couple of stores yesterday. They've sold 45 million pair of these approved uh, Eclipse glasses. And evidently, I was the 45 millionth and one person to go looking for them. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, they pretty much laughed at me when I asked if they had any left. I'm sorry, sir. Well, you know what? I'm yes. laughing at you, because if you had sufficient stock, you would have sold more of them. So who's dumb now? There you go. Huh? There you go. All right. Marsha Phillips has our news. We've got this information just coming in right now. Spanish media reporting the Barcelona attack suspect has been captured. He has been arrested. A man with an explosive belt has been shot. Now, the guy who was captured is the suspected driver of the van that crashed into that crowd of people last week. 
That uh, that crash killing 14 and injuring more than 100 people. He is apparently now in custody. Yeah, in the midst of all the nazis and the eclipses and everything else going on in the news and the president, and it's worth mentioning that Islamists slaughtering innocent people in the West is uh, still a thing and will continue to be. I mean, Spain. Yeah. Spain! Yeah. Now, you got a dozen young guys with a terror cell want to slaughter all sorts of people in Spain because of Spain's leading role in in fighting in Afghanistan yes. or what 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 it's it's one culture trying to defeat another culture will we stay or will we go Trump's uh, primetime addresses tonight he's going to outline his strategy for moving forward in Afghanistan where the US is still militarily involved after 16 years in this nation's longest ever war Trump has been presented with a range of options by the Pentagon, including a complete troop withdrawal and a deployment of up to 4,000 more U.S. soldiers, in addition to the 8,000 that are already there. To train the Afghan security forces, I'm sure that's what we're going to hear. I'm sure that's what we're going to hear. Anyway, that speech is going to be at 6 p.m. West Coast time. All right, here's, here's your guess. Here's your best guess. And it's just so tiring, honestly, Afghanistan. And there's still young men dying over there or being grievously wounded or coming back with post-traumatic stress disorder and the rest of it. And there's no clear statement of mission. I mean, the the Taliban knows what its mission is. They know precisely what their goal is. We just kind of meander around opposing them. But here's here's the guess. We're going to beef up, but good. You know, kind of a mini surge. And then we say, all right, let's go to the negotiating table. And try to figure out, I don't know, carving up the country or something. Of course, that, that deal will collapse in days. It'll be like the, the deal in Vietnam when we agreed right. with the commies. All right, right, we're out, but you stay up there and we, you know, our guys mm-hmm. stay down here. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's great. And then we left and the North just invaded and it was over. Um, it's either that or we are just going to police Afghanistan, prevent it from turning into an Islamist stronghold permanently. I mean, those are the only two options at this point. USA Today is reporting the Secret Service can no longer afford to pay hundreds of agents it needs to protect President Trump's large family, as well as secure multiple residences up and down the East Coast. The Secret Service Director Randolph Text Ailes telling the paper that more than a thousand agents have hit the federally mandated caps for salary and overtime allowances that were meant to last the entire year. All right, so his large family, he's got the wife and and and, and, and the youngster. Then he's got uh, Junior mm-hmm. and Eric. Right. Ivanka and Jared. Right. And they're youngsters. Yeah. And then they got uh, Tiffany, the forgotten Trump. Yes. Well, I don't think it needs any more protection than I do. Um, so that is definitely 10 people. Because um, I'm thinking, you know, how many Bushes got protection? Well, I'm sure the uh, daughters, uh, yeah, and Barbara, Laura. yeah, yeah, or uh, Laura, yep, yeah. yeah. I just okay. So there's well, four, and, and everybody's got like a home, but Trump's got the multiple golf clubs and everything, right. and Trump Tower and the rest, right? Because uh, I'll tell you this: the, all the stories about the Obamas and their travel and what it cost and the extravagance and everything. Uh, uh, circulated in the conservative media during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories were quite 
striking, quite notable. Correct. But they were never touched on by the USA Today. Never. Um, and now that Trump's in office, all of a sudden presidential travel and protection is an issue. You know, all right, it might be extra expensive, but this is, you know, this is the the defensiveness we've talked about. When people get attacked over and over and over again constantly and they know they're not getting a fair deal, it makes you defensive. So I'm sitting here thinking, all right, maybe this is a problem, but maybe it's not. Maybe this is the same problem I was hearing about during the Obama administration. Just now it's getting attention from the liberal media like Marshall. Back to you, Marshall. Well, I have a question, though, for you. Yes. When they were protecting Trump Towers, when, when Donald Trump and his wife and everybody were just camped out in Trump Towers, don't you think that perhaps the president should have picked up some of the cost for uh, well, covering it's, security? Why? It's not like he's a billionaire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is complicated to have a guy like him as the POTUS. Yes. Security-wise, yes. there's no doubt. Yeah. Solar Eclipse is going to cost nearly $700 million in lost productivity today. Oh, for the, this is the world's stupidest story. For the roughly 20 minutes at outplacement firm Challenger Gray and Christmas Figures, workers will take out of their workday today to stretch their legs, head outside the office, and gaze at the nearly two-and-a-half-minute eclipse. It's the getting together and having fun together that enhances productivity, ya moron. $700 million in lost productivity. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. It's going to cut into people's Facebook time. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Honey, I can't text you. I'm looking at the eclipse. That's what it'll cut into. All right, what next? Uh, more Eclipse uh, trivia slash information. Uh, what else do we have? Ah, we got a lot of good stuff. We'll just figure out. Oh, you know what? Major new study out on election fraud and the potential for it. Yeah. There are three and a half more people, three and a half million more people registered in the U.S. than are alive in the U.S. among adults really? of voting age. Yeah. You believe or you've been claiming there's no voter fraud? Oh, please. Statistics that will shock you coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's a great sport for my people. That is the only sport in the world where a Negro can shake a stick at a white man and won't start no ride. Legendary comedian slash civil rights activist Dick Gregory there passed over the weekend. Uh, was he talking about uh, baseball? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, good stuff. Do we have any Jerry Lewis clips uh, ready to pay tribute to that great uh, man of comedy? Anything handy? Anything at all? I'm not going to hurt you. You're not? It's not. Oh, then will you buy me a ticket, please? No, I think you should let your daddy buy you a ticket. All right. The comedy genius of Jerry Lewis, apparently. A little short on clips there? Or, uh... Anyway, it's very funny. Everybody knows that. And then he raised like $3 billion, is it? For, uh,. Uh, fight against muscular dystrophy and similar diseases. Uh, he spent every day, they say, every day of his life, starting in... When did the... Uh, I should know this. 
When did the telethon start? Decades ago. But he, he, he put in a little or a lot of time every day of his life uh, fighting that fight. So uh, he's a good man. Good man. Um, so we learned earlier that the uh, the sun is big as hell. Um, and you could fit uh, 1.3 million Earths into the sun. The other necessary component in an eclipse, of course, would be the moon. On Earth. Which is 238,900 miles from Earth. That's a long way. How big is the on moon? Earth. How, how big is the moon? According to NASA, if Earth were the size of a nickel, the moon would be about as big as a coffee bean. A coffee bean? Something that's not spherical and nobody's really familiar with how big they are? You could NASA! You can give us, if, if Earth was the size of a basketball, a moon would be the size of a slightly smaller basketball or anything? That is a completely unhelpful comparison. You wouldn't want to live on the moon. When the sun is shining on it, on the, the bright side of it, it can reach 253 degrees. On the dark side of the moon, there is no dark side of the moon. As a matter of fact, it's all dark. Temperatures dive to minus 243 degrees Fahrenheit. So in the day, it's like 250 degrees. In the night, it's minus 250 degrees. Don't get caught outside after dark. I'm reading a little bit about the geography, the moon, the orbit, et cetera, et cetera. But this was my favorite part from NASA. What would happen if the moon disappeared tomorrow? I don't know why it would disappear tomorrow. Maybe China took it out to screw with us because we got there first and they're jealous. Trivia question. How many people have walked on the moon? Michael. I'm going to say uh, 54. Sean. 30. Vince. 16. 12. All Americans, all men, naturally. Because we're the best. Goes without saying. White Neil, men. Neil Ar- <laughs> White men. That's right, Vince. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Pete Conrad. Alan Bean. Alan Shepard. Edgar Mitchell. David Scott. James Irwin. John Young. Charles Duke. Eugene Cernan, and Harrison Schmidt. Between 1969 and 1972, 12 people, period. So you're all very, very wrong. Back to... uh, (laughs) All on a soundstage in Burbank. Am I right, Sean? You overbid, but you're right. I've never liked the if you go over, you're out thing. Like the price is right? That is so stupid. No, you got to err on the side of being under. No, you don't. You want to come the closest. Well, the, the... the, okay, well, the real reason they do that is to avoid ties. So if you're a dollar under and a dollar over, you can't. You know, you both get to spin well, the showcase showdown. Have a can of chicken broth backstage and have a the the, the, the uh, playoff, a sudden death playoff over the chicken. That's a stupid excuse for that rule. Because then you got somebody bids two hundred ninety nine bucks and somebody goes uh, three hundred. And that person gets screwed. Yeah, that's part of the strategy. I love the $1 bit at the end of it. Oh, I was on there. Every every single one. $1. Let's get back to if the moon disappeared tomorrow. Maybe it just ghosts us. Maybe it gets tired of hanging around and it just leaves. Scientists believe that life may not have evolved the way it did without the moon's gravitational pull on the ocean's tides. But if the moon went away, we'd probably be fine. It'd be somewhat different. How long we could survive is not clear, though. Here's why. The moon, which will soon be blotting out the life-giving sun in a demonstration of its awesome powers. I take it as a threat. 
The moon keeps Earth tilting steadily on its axis at 23.5 degrees with its gravitational pull. But without the moon, the Earth could tilt a lot more or not at all. They're not sure. Drastically changing the weather. Maybe we'd have no seasons at all. Maybe we'd have, we would have incredibly extreme seasons. 150 in the summer, 150 below in the winter. You don't know. The moon has also slowed Earth's rotation over millions of years. But if the moon were suddenly gone, again, something that will never, ever happen. I saw an episode of Sesame Street once where the cookie monster went and ate the moon. Maybe that's how it goes. You bastard! You gluttonous blue bastard! Not the cheese monster. <laughs> Isn't he now just monster? Or Yeah, I think he's on some sort of weird like veggie kick now. He's not which... the cookie monster uh, anymore. Yeah. God, That's I hate the modern world. Gluten-free monster. <laughs> exactly, he's the kale monster. The farm-to-fork monster. Hey, here's a couple <laughs> letters you ought to know, Sesame Street. F you. <laughs> wow. Where wow. were we? Wait, you heard me. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So it, we, the the effects of the moon's gravitation has slowed the Earth's rotation over millions of years. But if it were gone, a day on the planet would probably last only six to twelve hours. People on the world. That's right, Dennis. So imagine if it were the extreme of six hours. It would be light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark every day, which would be weird. Plus, they think we might have, uh, you know, space objects hitting us much more often because the moon blocks some of them. You're just getting ready, to, getting used to the day, night, day, night, day, night, and you get hit by a meteor. That'd suck. One more thing, naturally, there would be no more eclipses. So we'd miss that. So that's a little feature I call, if the moon disappeared, which it won't. Those of you who get the award-winning fourth hour, uh, we'll be checking in with Jack from the ZOT. And uh, those who don't, God bless you. We'll see you later. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.